Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is May 11th, 2022. This is Tony in Saskatchewan. This is another Canadian common sense rant. Well, there was two hours of my life I'm never going to get back. And yes, I'm referring to the Conservative Party of Canada leadership debate uh, held in Edmonton this evening. If you did not get to watch the debate, let me save you some time. There's Some of it was worth watching. So, I mean, there were some good points made, but what the hell is wrong with, I, mean, I can't even say the Conservative Party, what the hell is wrong with media or whoever it is that's organizing these debates? I mean, I guess in this case, it really is the Conservative Party of Canada organizing this debate. Tom Clark was a horrible moderator. Maybe they should have let Lewis and I do it because we actually would have been, well, not so dumb. It was, yeah, it was really a juvenile kind of format. I was really stunned at how, at the way that this debate was conducted. And I really didn't appreciate Tom Clark. And I know it wasn't Tom Clark's rules, it was obviously the debate commission or the debate council or LEOC, the leader's election organizing committee, that probably imposed this. But if the crowd dares to clap, applaud, or cheer for a point made by a candidate, that candidate's going to lose time on their next uh, discussion point? Seriously? I mean, I I kind of get it. I kind of get that. If the crowd is going on for too long, you don't want the crowd to get out of control and lose your debate. I, I get that. And you don't want to the crowd to go out of control so they start to to rule all the, the time. I get that too. I don't believe that would happen, but but to penalize, for example, Patrick Brown just because he happens to make a good point and the crowd likes it and they applaud. Seriously? I uh that one's right out of the left field as far as I'm concerned. I don't get that one at all. That was a really dumb rule. Another really dumb rule when they decided to bring up paddles and you may hold up your paddle up to 5 times if you want to interject into a debate. Well, Pierre Poilievre used up his in no time because he loves to debate and his opponents went after him because he is the front runner. So he sat out the last half of that particular game where those paddles were being used because he wasn't allowed to jump into discussions. That was kind of dumb. Now, as far as the, the questions themselves went, there was some good ones on policy issues. Um, Pierre Poiliev actually in his final statement summarize what a lot of us were saying um nobody discussed housing the entire evening and that's one of the biggest issues that faces canadians right now but what did they discuss well mr clark had such brilliant hard-hitting questions as what book are you reading right now Ooh, that's something canadians need to know about their next 
Prime Minister, what book are you reading right now? Well, all of them had to scramble to think of a book that they could possibly be reading right now. And Patrick Brown actually gave the best answer when he said that, well, right now I'm really I'm trying to run a campaign and sell memberships. So I don't really have time to be reading a book. But then he decided to pull one out of the air, a title. And he's right. Um, we got bigger fish to fry right now than reading a book. But um, everybody at least managed to scramble and come up with an answer. And absolute 100% my own personal bias, Pierre Polyev had the best answer because he said Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life that I've read twice. And then I've even read the sequel to it, 12 More Rules. So my own personal bias says, way to go, Pierre. That's a great book. I love it. All right, but is that really the question that Canadians want to know? What book are you reading right now? And then, of course, another hard-hitting, serious, journalistic question asked by Tom Clark is, what kind of music do you like? And then Leslie Lewis said jazz. Well, well, what artists in, in jazz? Then she had to stumble across herself and, and, and think of one. Um Mr. Poiliev had time to think of that question because he was one of the last. So he brilliantly said, Paul Brandt, who is a country singer from Southern Alberta. So, uh, of course, that's going to go over well in Alberta since the debate was in Edmonton. But regardless, really, is that what we want from our next future prime minister? What kind of music do you like? Not maybe, hey, what do you think about some supporting the cultural arts industries or something. No, no. What kind of music do you like? I know some of you are thinking, Tony, I've listened to a lot of your interviews and you almost always end off with asking your guests what kind of music they like. I do. Um, completely different though is our interviews that we do for our show. At least with mine, Lewis is basically the same way. We tend to ask the same kind of questions. But our interviews are our conversations where we want you to get to know who this person is. Personal interest and, you know, also their, their stance on the issues that we ask them about. So I don't equate the two as being, being in the same ballpark. But if you were thinking that, yes, you could call me a hypocrite. That's all right. But uh, as I say, I consider the two to be kind of different. So I'm not sure I care what kind of music my next prime minister is going to like, and I don't even know if I'd believe him. I don't believe Pierre Polyev is a fan of Paul Brandt. I just think he pulled that out of the air so he could get some popular support, to be honest. And I like Pierre Polyev. Um, want to talk about winners and losers tonight? Well, the losers were all of us who watched that. I watched it online through True North's Facebook feed, and, um, I like True North. They didn't offer any spin at all. They just broadcast the, the debate. They didn't even have their own commentary in, in between. Fantastic. Thank you for that. But Pierre Poiliev stayed on message the whole night. He And he's, he's very good at that. He kept to his talking points. He uh, brought up housing at the very end, which is a big issue that nobody was talking about. So I, th I thank him for that. And I mean, he took some shots at Jean Charest, as well he should have, and he did it in his typical kind of attack dog style that he always does. Fantastic, because uh, that's who he is. That's what he does. And that's what he's very good at. So I uh, 
I give him credit for that. I'm not going to call him a winner of the debate, although I think he did perform the best out of all of them. And Roman Babber, another one who actually brought in a good performance. He was passionate. He stuck to his talking points. And, you know, he was proud to admit that he stood against vaccine mandates the whole time. And it was smart of him to point out that it cost him dearly because he was kicked out of the Ontario PC caucus for his stance on vaccines. And I applaud him for that. I thought that was really good of him. He, uh, I think he scored some points as far as he delivered his message. He delivered it well. I don't think he has a hope in hell of winning, but I appreciated his performance tonight. Leslie Lewis really came into this campaign as someone who's already ran for leadership and did well uh, in 2020. I expected a lot more of her. She did not appear to be prepared to be there tonight. And I think that she was prepared to talk about what she wanted to talk about and did not give any thought to anything else that might come up. And that's something that Pierre Polyev, Jean Charest, Patrick Brown were all, all three of them were prepared to talk about anything. And so I give them all credit for that. Jean Charest, as much as I could never vote for, for the man, and as much as I did not like the man, I appreciated that at least he had some very thoughtful answers for many of the questions that were asked. He did have some good ideas. He made some very relevant um, talking points when he discussed things like taxing carbon, for example, which I don't agree with at all, but at least he was able to articulate his points in a way that made him understood. He was obviously angry. I think he was trying to show that he was being passionate, but really he was just yelling a lot, John Charest, that is. And I don't know how well that's going to play, but I think he's uh, he gets really angry when he's called a liberal and he goes on about, you know, at length, how he's a conservative and not a hyphenated conservative. And I mean, that's your talking point go on with it, but well, I think he's a liberal. Um, Lewis called him a political chameleon early on when we talked about before he actually even officially entered the race. And hey, one more time, Lewis was right. So Jean Charest did well as far as he didn't let anything, he didn't stumble. I mean, he didn't let anything rattle him. He, he got through all the answers. He had an answer for everything. So I think he had a good performance. Again, it doesn't mean I, I would vote for him, but at least I give him credit that he had a good performance. Patrick Brown even did fairly well. I mean, he uh, he liked to drive the point home that he can win Toronto because that's where he lives. That's where he's from. And, well, we've had that discussion on other rants and other shows that, well, you're all, all, all you candidates are from that Laurentian Triangle, so you're kind of all the same that way. And can't really differentiate when we've got three of our candidates who are right from Toronto and, you know, one from Ottawa, one from Sherbrooke, which is not far from Montreal and then Huntsville, not that far from the GTA. So yeah, you kind of, you probably all could win Toronto and Pierre Polyev and Jean Charest could probably win Montreal. Good for you. And I guess good for all of us because they need to win Toronto. I get that. They need to win that 905. I get that too. And 
fine. That's how our system works. But I guess I don't care which one of you can win Toronto. I just think it needs to happen. And actually, I think that any of the three front runners, that being Poiliev, Sheree, or Brown, probably could win Toronto. But anyway, I digress. I think Patrick Brown was of the front runners, the three front runners I just mentioned. I think Patrick Brown was probably the weakest of those three. I think he, again, was not as prepared as he needed to be. But at the same time, he's kind of a career politician, so he was able to sort of muster up an answer when needed. And I actually appreciate, I can't even remember which candidate it was now that said they admired Johnny McDonald when they were asked what political figure they admired the most. And that might even have been Patrick Brown, I don't remember, but uh, kudos to them for saying that since Pat, since Johnny McDonald's getting canceled everywhere you look. But the debate itself as a whole was a bust. I mean, you've got six candidates there and at the very most, they ever only had a minute to talk about anything, which isn't enough. And the debate format was less than spectacular. If you're going to debate directly with another person, you have one minute to make your first point. You have 45 seconds to make your next point. And after they rebut, and then, then you have 30 seconds to make a, a rebuttal to their rebuttal. That's not enough time. That's not enough time to try to articulate any kind of a policy idea. So the debate could have been fantastic, but instead it fell flat. And I know there's six candidates. I know you've got to get all of them to get their time in. So maybe we need to narrow the focus a little bit and talk a little less about their favorite music or what books they are currently reading and get a little more into the meat and potatoes of... What will you do for this country? Why should we vote for you? Maybe. Or, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking like some average Canadian who just wants some answers. And I really don't feel like we got enough of them. Tony.